pretty important, man. Education. Well, you know, what was your education like? You remember grade school, middle school? I remember. Like, what did you learn? If there was anything you, uh, you can say you learned during that period of time that helped you navigate life, um, other than, of course, some of the basics, right? Language, so English, that's reading, writing, public speaking, if, if your classes had that. Uh, and math, of course, it's incredibly important. So outside of those two, maybe, you know, maybe history, maybe. Fuck, when you start thinking about them, they're, they can all be kind of helpful. But um, There's one teacher that comes to mind. And if she's listening to this podcast, uh, probably not. But uh, her name was Mrs. Lehman. Um, God, I can't even remember how old I was. But she was this very fun teacher that um, she did social studies. And um, her approach was to get you engaged, to find your own experience and what you learned from that experience. So each of our projects was like from, you know, our own project. You know, like everything that we learned was like, you know, a team working progress. The sad part was everybody hated her guts. That is kind of sad. So everyone treated her more horribly. Yeah. I mean, most teachers are treated horribly. I remember once in high school, a science teacher just couldn't handle it anymore. And he just fucking blew up on everybody. I mean, not to the point where anybody was hurt, but students got the idea they're like all right he's at his he's at his breaking point <laughs> you know what, not, did, what did he do um i don't know he yelled and then uh, i think he struck something in the classroom pretty hard yeah you got i mean for somebody to get physical in a job where they're dealing with uh, students, you get, you know, I would say that was very close to his breaking point. And you just couldn't handle it. Teachers get treated like shit all the time. They don't get paid enough. And uh, essentially it's been a, it's our it's daycare is what it really is. Pretty much. Yeah. Because, because let's face it, pa- both parents have to work. Otherwise some things you're just not going to have growing up unless both parents are working full time. And so they need free daycare. Yeah. I mean, my, my dad, when I used to come home, he wasn't home. My daddy, my dad used to come home very, very late. That's rough, man. Yeah. And, um, I can, you know, I, I can kind of relate to, kids that have the, the the feeling of the they have two separate lives they have their life at school that sometimes is great and sometimes it's hell and then they have their other life which is at home sounds right though it's, there is it, a separation there is a separation but to me for some odd reason or maybe it's just me it feels off why are kids having two separate lives again Every kid deserves education. Every kid should know how to do proper math, understand proper social studies, grammar, literature, history, to some extent. Not the bullshit crap that they put in textbooks, but anyway. But at the same time, you're creating two lives at a very young age. I wonder to myself, is is that really healthy? Is it healthy for a kid to develop such a skill? Um, I mean, they, like, obviously at that age, they don't really understand. They just know that they go to school and they have fun there. They get to interact with other kids. It's, it's not a thought. That's the, that's really, I feel like the true beauty of childhood is, you really, you can live a carefree life for the most part during those years. I always say, man, 
I would, you know, I would love to live my teenage years again. I would do it differently, but at the same time, it was the easiest fucking ride ever. You know, here out here in the real world, after the fact, shit's real. There are consequences. If you don't have, you don't have anybody to rely on, you know, God forbid. And there are people like that out there, kids that lose parents at a younger age. So in their 20s or like yourself, right? But you still have another parent, which is good. Uh, but if it was both, you have nobody to rely on. Like the consequences are amplified. There's no safety net whatsoever. No, and I mean, I don't really have... Um... See, it's another thing is also, you know, when you don't really have that much of family. You know, I have somewhat of some family. Just, you know, that there's that huge age gap between my siblings where, you know, my brother's older than you. My brother's like 37. Yeah, but don't you have multiple? You have a yeah. sister too? My sister's 43. Yeah, so they had you way later. Way later. Way later. Yeah. And reality for you – no, and like the thing is reality for some kids, and I can relate to this, is that a lot of them are coming home to empty homes. You know, they're, they're raised without any siblings. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. What I'm trying to say is how can we understand American education specifically without understanding on how kids are raised in this country? We've been raising our kids the exact same way since 1947, since the end of World War II. And, I mean, but it's also but uh, not not exactly the same. Not exactly. It's evolved, because, but the yeah. same premise still applies. But, uh, okay, to give you that example, so you can consider it just from this point of view that in the 50s, um, the husband was earning enough that um, mom wouldn't have to work. So mom was home most of the time, if not all of the time, to be with their kids. Um, you fast forward just a few decades later, uh, things begin to change, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, it becomes acceptable for women to be more, you know, more in the workplace than uh by the 2000s, very career-driven, uh, career-oriented. Uh, family may not be something on their mind. Uh, so it's rather extremes, the way it's changed and it's evolved. And people can do whatever they want to do. Like, I'm not going to judge and say that's wrong. It's just to kind of give you that comparison. So 50 years ago, shit, 70 years ago, <laughs> 70 years ago, um, Hitch at the fan. Huh? There, there was uh, at least there was still one parent. These days, you're not getting either because it's too damn costly. And it depends on how you want to. Even if you want to live in an apartment, you can't do it on one income. And so, no. so both parents have to work, and that's still scraping by. Uh, if we shave off everything that's spending. Um, they might be left with something. It's not really, it's not really much. It's something. And uh, it's tough because everybody wants a little bit of comfort, whether that's a Netflix account that may not seem like much if it's $20 a month, but then you start multiplying all these things where you're getting comfort from after working so hard and it adds up. So it's tough. I feel it, you know, I feel it. That's why I have my wife stay home. She she could have gone back to work, but who's going to raise her kid? And those early months, even those first few years, I imagine are so critical to be around mom and dad. But regardless of the situation, dad is going to always have to allocate time to earn. So mom is there full time. Isn't it interesting? I, just bear with me on this thought, how we never involve our kids generally most people don't involve their kids on decisions of you know is mom gonna work or dad's gonna work it's always well we got to do this it, it this may seem strange to a lot of people but have you ever came to the thought of if your kid's old enough to sit down with him and say hey you know right now things are tight and we need 
me and your mom or whatever the case may be to both be working. Yeah, if they're old enough. Yeah. If, you know, older. I mean, we're talking about a kid that's probably like, what, eight, nine, possibly 10 years old that has a comprehension of understanding this. Right. And that's what, I, that's what would be required at, at the very minimum, eight, nine. Eight, nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. And having that conversation because – to start with education, we're making a very good point over here, is education starts at home. Yeah. It's the environment of how is a kid being nurtured? How is a person – how is the kid being treated at home? Because we like to blame public schools, private schools. The education is wrong. But again, you know, you brought this up before. Where do we spend most of our – most of her childhood. Yeah, not, you know, not, a good five years of it in those early stages is right at home. Exactly. Yeah, it's right at home, and um, and that and that in itself is pretty difficult for just one parent to deal with. It really is a full time job, man. It's really tough, and uh, mothers don't get enough credit for a lot of the sacrifice, those early years, uh, that's, it can make things very difficult on everybody, all involved parties, man, woman, ch child, or children. But, uh, you know, even now, like I, I face a similar situation. It's time to go to kindergarten, got to enroll her, have to find a school we like. Um, her speech is still kind of developing. It is improving day to day, uh, but it makes me worry about what kind of, you know, how she might behave in this new environment, whether, because sometimes we can, we, we observe behaviors that are like, that's not really, that's not really good. And we don't really want to see that too much, but. Do you, you worry know. about how she's going to be treated? Yeah, for sure. Especially for that same reason too. Like as speech is kind of developing, and if other kids are a little more advanced, it might be kind of tough. But uh, I don't want to coddle her too much either. It's kind of it's kind of my life. It's sink or swim. It's very difficult, and <laughs> these are these are the the things that we have to think about. That we want we want to do enough. We don't want to do too much, but. We don't want to be completely absent in uh, in ways that we could have possibly helped to just improve uh, anywhere in our child's lives. It's, it's you know for their benefit and it helps tremendously. So I don't know. Pandemic really fucked things up royally. Oh, oh 100 <laughs> percent. But I, I I can't tell you know as me in my 20s, and again, I was raised in a very different environment than right. most people, but being somebody that grew up with dyslexia and was never treated for it because, you know, it was... Right, you don't have that. Right. It, it, yeah. In the community, there's no such... When I was growing up, there was no such thing as autism and dyslexia or any type of learning disability. It was like... Right, ADD or ADHD. It, it doesn't exist. So yeah. if you had any of those things, it's like, well, take a pill, sit down, and shut the fuck up. That That's how it was. Right. But today, I would say there's a lot more There's a lot more programs to combat this. So it's not coddling. It's basically allowing us to see the world the way that we see it. People that are autism, they're not mentally disabled. It's just they see the world in a very different perspective. Um, and it is true. I mean, like you said, like it's, you know, to, you know, you either, you either float or you sink and you drown. And generally, I mean, um, human instinct is to, to survive. So like, there's a very high likelihood that she, she would, that she would, her speech would improve drastically within weeks after enrollment. Um, yeah, I mean, but even, if it, of, but even if they, we, but but even if she didn't, right? There are at least programs today that would help her deal with if she did have a learning disability. There's a lot more 
help to allow people to be their true selves and to stop putting themselves in a predicament where they have to adapt to everyone's surrounding. I cannot adapt to everyone's surrounding. I cannot live in a world where there's right and left. I don't understand what right and left is. You can tell me from today until tomorrow. I don't understand you. Yeah. But it's being given those tools to learn how to be in the world that has those things, but you use them differently. That's, that's part of learning and part of life. So that's why we don't want to coddle too much either. It's just these things kind of developing. Yes, there are these programs that could be explored, which is nice. Uh, hopefully we won't need any of them. And it's just maybe a, a bit of a delay. I hear it from a lot of parents like, hey, you know, it can be delayed sometimes. And they just it just happens like a, a, a switch flips. And all of a sudden they're they won't shut up. Uh, you know Mm -hmm. uh, thinking about uh, let's say autism i was speaking with somebody some time ago and the the uh i want to say maybe specifically asperger's i'm trying to remember exactly what but the conversation was around the idea that it may be a part of um humanity's evolution that our brains are changing and that we view it as a syndrome, but as you said, it could, it could also be that these individuals who are, who have their, uh, I want to say the way their brain is structured or their mind is structured that they see things differently. It's not a syndrome. So it's a, it's an interesting idea and, uh, and concept that, uh, to, to like consider for society that uh, there's a potential we could have been wrong, but more studies. I mean, that's all we can wait for is just more studies. If it points to that, that's really fascinating. We really need to figure out a, a better way. I wouldn't say the word is educating. I would say the word would be advancing because we've said this before. The way that the school system is designed is to create workers. You know, they have a class of 23. You do this and this oh, and this. you're lucky. Yeah. Some cases <laughs> it's, it's 34, like 40. 40. Yeah, 50. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, your curriculum consists of you do this, you pass this, you get a grade, you move on. Next. Yeah, I mean, it's just to show proficiency that you can re- retain information. Like school is, uh, and the way the system is set up, it's for mediocrity at, at best, you know. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I can agree it, uh, because it serves and really uh, shows us that it's mostly medium. You know, like the performance of most uh, most people coming through that system, that uh, goes to show that when people get out, they really don't know what they want to do with their lives, right? They're going to go to college and maybe learn this or learn that, and and you know, unfortunately, those are all catering to just a job somewhere. Yeah. There's no there's no creative over, over the rainbow. Yeah, yeah, like, but there's no creative uh, in, input that would be uh would be really good uh creative works i think uh can stimulate a different side of the brain i mean i think that's proven scientifically and uh, so like there needs to be a good mixture of that i remember when uh what's his name kimball musk had started a new type of school uh, and he's been working on it for a while but it's around things that are actually useful and at the same time kind of reinvents that wheel. I think uh, what's happening is they might be viewing how education works today and saying, well, you know, today's student is different. How can we keep them engaged? What kind of activities can we do? Not just paper, pencil at a desk. It's the, it's the idea of how far can we go with, with math? Because from math comes physics and science. And when you look at 
at high school, it's they're like, here's a science book. This is what lightning is. This is what you know forces and all the crap. And I'm like, <laughs> it's beautiful, man. It's it's, it's beautiful, but <laughs> not crap. <laughs> I know, but like. Wouldn't it be better if you allow, especially high school students, to pick on how they want to delve into physics? Maybe, for example, you have a kid – like I definitely get this idea of school where you can have four different ways of going towards physics or four different ways of going to math, right? And like different, Yeah, different ways you can approach learning it, right? So Correct. You have, I mean – but there's so many parts. You'll want to break it up. A hundred percent. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is to only have one type of be like, well, this year you're doing geometry, the next year you're doing algebra. But it's so generic. Do you know how much there is of algebra? Do you know how much there is of geometry? Like, uh, you- I, I, yeah, but I think it's mostly just the basics. Like they want to show that a, a kid can at least understand these concepts. They'll never use them, but at the same time. Maybe it's a it's a nice setup, right? If you if you notice students in a classroom that are excelling in geometry or algebra or whatever, and they're excelling at such a rapid pace, like they get this this data, they understand it, and um, in a way, it can really pinpoint and show you, like, okay, you know, since this kid gets it, maybe they do need advanced courses. That could be the next great mind that. Um, does something right i mean i don't know if that's how it's kind of observed that just seems that just (laughs) seems sad because you know there there are so many kids that that grow up in public schools because their parents can't afford private schools they just don't have the money fuck that and then they just get a vanilla you know you know just education and it's such a waste because these kids could benefits so well from advanced programs or viewing things differently or maybe they would want to take take a different toll i've seen this before i've seen articles written about this i've seen videos on this of kids that are just so bored in class and they just are not interested and look how many things we've dealt with so far you know it's you remember years ago it was it was the jewel. You know the the jewel was the problem because kids were smoking. But we never dealt with the problem. Why are kids? Yeah. Why are they seeking? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why are they, they seeking that kind of stimulation? You exactly. Know? Why Why do they want that kind of nicotine stimulation? I mean, it's different in a child's brain the way the way these uh, nicotine compounds will work um, compared to a uh, an adult, let's say twenty five and older, with a properly developed brain or at least near fully developed brain. Um, so there's something there uh, that should be looked at a little closely. Uh, not to mention now we have a lot of synthetic nicotine uh, because of the laws. So how is that interacting in a child's brain under the age of 25? It's, it's likely to be different than tobacco derived nicotine. But who, like who's, you know, someone has to look at this data. Someone has to be interested enough to look. And uh, But it is it is a good question to ask. Kids are not, Why? Inter- they're not interested anymore. So because they're bored, they want to use, you know, substances. The same could be said about anything, right? A hundred percent. I think also the other thing is that kids are feeling more neglected than ever before. Because, again, we said this earlier. Can you imagine being in a classroom of 40 kids? Again, I know we, I was one of them. <laughs> I, 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 I know. I get, I get it. Like, you know, we have large communities and we need schools. But to be honest, you, you can't you can't expect to put 40 people in a room and expect one teacher to teach all 40 of these people with the yeah. same curriculum. It just yeah. Isn't it doesn't, that funny, it though? doesn't work. Like it if can't they want- work. They need to add more jobs. It's like just add more educators, find more people. It's you too know, much money. Will, it's too expensive. Well, but they at the same time still want to increase, you know, the the uh, or decrease unemployment numbers. So that like there's an idea. Yeah, stop sure. cramming. Stop cramming. You know, students into these tiny rooms, uh, or even better, you know, let's uh, 
let's consider the fact that, hey, how about we build more schools and we can hire more teachers and that way unemployment comes down, more people are working, pay them a little bit better. Uh, but I don't know. These pandemic issues may not stop and it makes me think about what Bill Gates has been talking about the last decade. Um, what we just experienced is potentially just uh, kind of the beginning of a uh, uh, what's the word a trickle of more disease just that keeps you know rocking the, the globe one after another um just like what new, kind of what we're seeing <laughs> it's a um it's a new renaissance in a way you know the renaissance was uh was one of the very big shifts that we had in history a lot of advancements in early technology, a lot of changes of societal views, moral issues, you know, and what? The Renaissance was what, three, four hundred years ago? Yeah. You know, look look how much we advance. And we have to also take into account, we have, I like to call them little bleeps, you know, mm -hmm. the, 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 the point where you have a spore that just grows. And... Maybe the idea of Gates and Musk, what they're talking about, is true. We, we are reaching a point where if we don't change our ways now, we are setting ourselves up for failure in the future. Yeah, I think it's most definite for sure. And, you know, you, you, how much opportunity can you give for the select few until you realize that it's not enough? It isn't. It's really just, it's not enough. We, we have so many people on this planet that <clears throat> if we don't work to allow everyone to have the same access, like you said, we're creating disease. Think about it. You know how many people have no access to clean water in this yeah. day and age? It, yeah, it's I mean like, dude, like what the hell is going on over here? <laughs> you know, and how many... How many countries don't even have proper ways of giving education to their kids? It's just, why are we okay with this? How are we ever okay with allowing people access to free diseases with no care in the world? And then this idea of, well, education costs money. Cough it up. Something's not making any sense. I mean, we all know the answer. <clears throat> Government. <clears throat> Sorry, I got something stuck in my throat again. Motherfuckers. Man. The reason, well, you know, the reason why I bring it up even uh, about the pandemic and everything is that if we are going to see more disease and just more issues uh, oh, like what fun. we just get more more restrictions then education is likely to change i don't think it'll remain the same it'll be forced to change so the classrooms would probably get smaller uh not probably but certainly and there's some other aspects too who knows maybe homeschooling might become much more common um because it's Obviously, nobody wants to, because of disease, nobody would want to congregate just like what we experienced. It's a, you know, I don't know. Obviously, it's, this is just speculation. If something like that did happen, I would expect the, the education to change entirely. So, but, you know, what, what should it look like? Or, you know, if, name two things that you hated while you were, uh, in grade school, in middle school, and in high school. It should give us a nice reference of these, uh, a pretty big gap of about five to seven years from each other. Um, Two things. Again, to just to reiterate to all the listeners, uh, I, I grew up in private schools, and um, they're, they're very different than the normal public school demographic. But 
number one would be labels. You know, uh, you're either getting good grades or you're either a failure. There's no, there's no in between. You're either successful or you're failing. Labels. So is that even within the school system? Like, yes. Wow. So if you're a failure, you know, you're, you know how many times, I'm sorry, Ma, if you're listening to this, you know how many times I've gotten scolded at because I got bad grades and nobody would ask me why? It's like, well, I don't understand this. Like, you know, we're, we're giving you such an opportunity over here. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing with your time? <laughs> and so for for you, was it that you just didn't understand the information? That you I needed more help? I Because I was sitting there in class looking at a board with a bunch of words on there. Ah, uh, the dyslexic. Yeah, so, the dyslexia. So the only time I'd understand anything is if I saw a picture. Um, I had some teachers that did this. They used to show us, like, you know, a map of France and then show us what was going on. And I was like, oh, that's what she meant. Yeah. So, so labels is number one by far, like... So was this grade school or was this middle school? Um, grade through, yeah, kind of that five five to seven year gap between okay. those two. Um, Second thing. Yeah. They're getting with the stick up the ass. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> demographic. What does I, that mean? For me personally was, again, I don't know how much this is in the real world, but for me was... You're put into categories depending on your race, your culture, your ethnicity, where you come from, and who you are. So you're kind of rated on how you act in school, you know, who your parents are. So for me, was my parents were interracial. So my mom, my mom was white and my, my dad was Middle Eastern. So teachers knew this. Mm-hmm. You know, when my dad would come to school, there was a way that they used to look at him, the way that they used to talk to him, the way that my mom used to come to school. There is is this problem of where schools look at kids based on, uh, well, we have, you know, the, we're to give a very white last name, you know, uh, we have the Smiths, you know, their father is TJR, Senior Smith III, you know, and there is that problem that there are kids that can get special ways through the system because yeah. of their, their demographic of who they are. Uh, well, I mean, unless you kill, I've, unless you I've kill people, I've yeah, unless it. you kill, <laughs> unless you eliminate all people, you're just not going to get rid of nepotism or no. or you know favorable uh, treatment because of uh, you know who somebody is or you know, uh, who their father might be. Uh, Influence still plays a pretty big role. I think we saw that over the last few years. Uh, People out of Hollywood were paying extra money to get their kids into certain schools. And I can't remember if it was, forget who they were, but it was a pretty, it's pretty big. It was talked about uh, for a little while. You mean the ones that uh, live behind, I call it behind the gate. You know, uh, they it's, probably called do Bel- the- it's called Bel Air. <laughs> Behind the gate. <laughs> Dude, there is a gate. There's like seven of them. <laughs> you, know, you drive through it and it's like this, you know, this like lion head crap all over. And Hey, man, you know, <sighs> they, they you live can afford- well. look, if you can afford to live there, you've earned it. You know, we don't know what people have gone through to, to get to where they are. Like uh, 20, 30 years from now. Uh, people will uh, people might look at let's say uh, you, you know the our success f- for this podcast and what we're doing and they'll say man you know they got it good and everything's great yeah okay but look rewind what it took. yeah but look how look look what it took for us to get there rewind and look at the entire thing would you have stuck through it for twenty years to to get to where you want to get to so like. We can we can bag on them and you know and just be like, oh man, rich people this and rich people no, that. No, you know I, mean, I, I I will tell you this when I I did live in L.A. I um I used to do DoorDash and I had once I did um groceries for this 
house in Bel Air that was all the way up the top. I get to the house. There was a Bentley and a Rolls Royce in the driveway. Nice. And I knock on the door, <clears throat> and the woman opened up the the uh, the door, and she says, "Oh, you know, my husband. Oh, my husband got the uh, groceries." So um, she says, "Just put them down. She says, give me one minute." So she went in the back. She came back and she handed me a fifty dollar tip. And she says, "I hope you have a great night. Take good care." And she closed the door. That's well. That's that's what you know. It's also what money can buy you. <laughs> is but being but able to treat people a little bit more kindly and 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 with more consideration and um, yeah, you know, if you can. It's understandable too. I'm sure it's not cheap. The uh, the surcharges to do any type of DoorDash like or whatever, getting groceries delivered, like the the cost of just getting that delivery is pretty high. But to spend an extra fifty, that's really nice. My my point though is is that like I'm not here. We're both not here to bash rich people. I mean, you know, from my own experience, I've met some really really wonderful rich people that really care and they they really want to make a difference and. They're just hardworking people that earn to where they, they've gotten, you know, and I think that's I think that's where we make that mistake is we call them rich people. They're just people. They're just people that, that <laughs> they're just have, people that have they, more freedom, honestly. They they you know, we don't know what they went through to get there. There could be something bad. There may not be something bad or malicious behind that success, but it's like uh, it ain't easy. And so that's why I, I, I can't get mad. Anybody, for anybody living in Bel Air, you know, we we all we would all want uh, that type of uh, at least that much freedom to choose. If you could, right? If you could live anywhere, then it changes everything because now money's not uh, the question of can I live here. It becomes more so like. Do I want to live here? Do I see myself raising a family here? Do, do I like this neighborhood and the neighbors that I have? And um, it's a nice feeling, man. It's, it's really, mean, it's a beautiful thing to to have in your life if you have it. Yeah, I mean, my my brother. I mean, he um, he lives in L.A. You know, he he has his own business. He does well, and both of his kids are in private school. <laughs> we've had we've had this conversation over and over again. He said to me, he says, "Look, he says I've been giving an opportunity that I can be able to put my kids in a better school and give them the education I didn't have." Um, mm, but yes, but the thing is, you know, he makes a great point. It's where he's he has the opportunity to give his kids a better education because of the point that he's in. Uh, what I. What I would love to see eventually in the future is where people that are less fortunate have those opportunities as well, that they're able to ha give their kids better programs within the public school system. And um, there's some really great programs that popped up in New York. I remember quite a few of them, especially in like Brooklyn. They do after school programs with kids or they'll have volunteers that will go into schools and help out. And, you know, we're seeing these little things slowly starting to progress where people, they want to be able to give kids the opportunity to have fun with their education. Not only to be like, okay, how much information can you, you store in your brain, but. <laughs> Not much, man. I'm at capacity. <laughs> I can't handle anymore. I love to learn, but it's like, God damn. But giving kids the opportunity of going to the natural history museum and creating a science project together and creating. You know, all, yeah. I mean, all those things existed when I was in school. I mean, are they not happening anymore? I was, uh, I was reading an article. They had a bunch of kids. They, um, they did a program on G force, the gravitation, gravitational pull. Okay. And they all worked together to, create on how they can depict gravitational force. So each one chose their own way of describing it. That's they all had the cool. same project, but they yeah. all had like one used a rock, one did it with liquid, you know, and you that's had, pretty like, cool. Yeah. Each of their own. Because that... it, 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 it gives them the freedom to use their creativity and, and their imagination to, to try to, um, uh, 
show what it would be like. And I think, I think that's where the, the greatest uh, power lies in, in, in for the future of education is giving them the ability to really kind of uh, think for themselves creative. I think that's, that's where amazing things come from is your ability to adapt change and, and be creative in, in any in any way that you can be uh, with whatever it is that you're working on. That's, I think if we, uh, if we had that alone, people would be doing pretty good. I imagine, you know, there'd be, there would be more opportunities. I think that's one of the tool sets that's probably missing uh, because everybody's being educated as if they're drones, you know, your math. Excellent. English, excellent, just pass the tests and you'll graduate. <laughs> but that that's that single tool set right there, man. Isn't can, it f- can be a game changer for kids. Think about it like this though. <laughs> you know how we like view education? It's like a piece of paper. You know, and I I I'm sorry, I'm gonna say this right now to all those doctors out over there, okay? When you when I walk into your office, I see that piece of paper framed on the wall. Like I know you worked, God knows how many hours, but you worked God knows how many hours for a piece of paper. That's what it is. It's a friggin' piece of paper on a goddamn wall, and it's like, is that what a medical doctor's education is worth? Is just a crummy paper that says. Hereby, crap and crap university. I don't know what everyone you want to call it. You know, honorary, you know, to you. And it's like sign. It's got this fancy calligraphy going on. It's like, that's what a $100,000 education is. You know? It's- I mean, you could, yeah, you can view it as paper, you know, but that's an achievement too. So it is. So, eight, you know, if it's six years or eight years, it went through hell and a shit ton of debt to, to get there. But, I think that's probably think of it this way. All of our, uh, all of our ethnic uh, peoples out there, you know, why our parents told us like should study to become a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, you know, why, what did they know 20, 30 years ago that they would be encouraging? I mean, generations of kids again and again to pursue those things It's because they're, you know, it's type of job security that's always needed um they pay well right like all the obvious things well, i told but, you well, but, I told like you. that's a horrible reason to get into medicine though i mean if it's just for profit it's a really sad thing um because you don't care about anybody you're not there to help people you're there to help yourself yeah i mean it's funny you mentioned that because my dad was very against college <laughs> my dad was an immigrant <laughs> Oh, my dad always he. I remember. I remember. I think this is about three years before he died. He told me. He says. He says you don't. He says you you don't want to go to college. He says if you go to college, <laughs> all you come out there with is a piece of paper and no job and debt. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I guess my dad knew something twenty thirty years ago. I didn't know, but he makes a point though because my dad. Um, my dad did plumbing, construction, and heating. Yeah. Even at, at at times, even though he had a very difficult time, he made a lot mo- more money. That, I mean, isn't that, is it, you know, if I was to name or, you know, you know how you have um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, if I was to kind of um, redo them in how I perceive what would be best, it's like, uh, at the top, you have um, you have happiness. That should be a primary goal that like you're living a happy life, um, at least striving to get there because you understand what what can do that for you. And then you have like family and kids and love, and um, vomit stains and, and gas and, prices and, and grocery money. bills. Yeah. And money, you know, yeah, that's money. it. Like that's that's like the top five right there. You know, um, happiness, family, kids, love, and money. Because uh, without it, 
even with a really good degree in something, uh, it's just high, you know, it's highly dependent that you'll get hired somewhere. And oftentimes I don't think anybody really wants anybody fresh out of school. I want you to get some experience. And then you say, so how do I get some experience? If you want to hire me, who's going to hire me so that I can get some experience. It's the same thing like with my job. (laughs) It's the same thing with my job because I've been doing customer service for four years. Yeah. And, you know, they pay us differently. You know, the the little group that I have with friends, we're all paid different amounts based on on our experience on what we're doing. And um, one thing that I have had experience, and this is – one reason why I did go into the customer field is you learn how people behave. And one thing that I learned, which was so important, is if I answer the phone and the first thing that comes out of your fucking mouth is, why do you keep harassing me? Why do you keep on bothering me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to help you. You can't expect me to help you. If the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, why are you doing this to me? Like, why are you hurting me? And they don't realize that I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. If you tell me what you're going through, what happened prior, you know, what your experiences was and how you were feeling, maybe I can help you. And there are times that I will spend the extra time in in trying to help going back to the same thing is where you cannot expect to get a degree and expect the whole world to grovel to your fingers see this is the problem with our education systems like well go get a degree but remember oh, i love this but remember you have to earn the job after you've gotten <laughs> your ass whooped for four years and your credit cards are maxed. <laughs> yeah, you're just fucked. You ba- I mean, you're basically uh, at the bottom of the barrel coming out of college um, with debt. I mean, debt is the if you're not you if you're not leveraging debt to make money, then you are literally killing yourself slowly. Um, and people may not realize what this means. What do I mean? Is if you're incurring debt, that debt better be for a reason that helps you earn more money. For example, you let's say you're a wealthy person, a real estate investor, and you can go and buy this $10 million, you know, 100 unit complex somewhere. So it's going to be a lot more than that. If we're talking about 100 units, it could be 50 million, be like $100 million. But just to make things easy, you know, $10 million. But you need 5 million from the bank. If the numbers make sense, that five million you're going to borrow is going to make you a shit ton of monthly revenue that can be substantial. A thousand bucks, hundred units. That's how much, Dave? That's a hundred oh, grand. Yes, money. That's yes, that's a hundred grand a month that's going to be coming in. If what you if your month if your monthly payments is twenty five grand just on the note, now you're leveraging debt in a in a smarter way. But if you're just incurring debt, I mean, it's just leaving these, it's leaving these poor people crippled, man, for years and years on end. Like, what do you do with that? There are, it's broken. I I forgot who she was. Uh, She was part of the LGBT community. And she said that um, recently, one of the biggest problems with schools is our school budgets don't make any sense. The way that, (laughs) the way that, public schools are being paid for it's it just it, it's just so outdated you know you can't use the same budget practices that you used what even 10 years ago you know today you were mentioning like you know we're doing things now online right wouldn't it kind of I get it. I know a lot of people might be against this, but I, I think we are reaching a point if we really want to have good education, we might just have to have our kids home for three days out of the week. And I mean, then only yeah. two, I mean, two days in actual class. It's yeah. the it only cost be a, of wave. 
Yeah, but it's not a bad idea. It's that uh, it's, you know, but the reason why it would never happen um, is because uh, of how many parents rely on it. Parents would need to work from home, too. They're going to be just as absent as they were before. They're just in now they're in the same house, you know, uh, trying to do whatever stressful work, office work they would normally do. Um, so, you know, parent, unless one parent can stay home for those three days, but also very difficult, man. Both parents have to work. This is the American way. Get out there and fucking be productive. But you understand why having kids in school for six days a week, in many ways. Six days? Sometimes, yeah. After I school, see. I see. After yeah. school programs, like on Sundays. And, and or if you're ethnic and you go to Saturday school to learn about your, you know, about your culture. Sunday school, yeah. Yeah. Be six days. Yeah. I uh, went through that too. And I'm like, why well, you got to do this, man? I'm already going to school five days a week, ma. Uh, no, well, I had Sundays. I had Sunday school pretty much every single day, but um, Fuck, man, it doesn't yeah. end. Pretty much all. Pretty much. I don't know if I've told you. I think we'll we'll talk about more about this on that episode. But uh, we basically have religious studies from six in the morning all the way to one, and then from you know, um, and then like one to one thirty is lunch, and then from like one thirty to four is secular. So I only got about three and a half hours of secular studies. Is that good or bad? Dude, I was there at six o'clock in the morning. You got to have faith, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You know, that's how faith works. Yeah, sure. You say show up at 6 a.m. I mean. Yeah, up the butt to the left. (laughs) You know, (laughs) just be happy you're not, you know, part of Islam, man, where they got to do it, you know. Uh, facing a certain direction of the sun, time of day. I mean, I know there's some some aspects to it. I don't understand it well enough to speak so, about it. But, yeah. but they, they pray a lot more, man. They're just in it. Yeah, they're in it. Oh, <laughs> they're in it. Oh, God. It, it's, you know, it's, just, it's just weird because uh, when, you speak, when you speak about U.S. education, like – it always comes back to the classroom, you know, that like, just picture it, you know, that, that, that like public school, that's all brick, you know, and you have that weird janitor that always smells of formaldehyde for some very strange reason. And, you know, those windows with all the, yeah. the, the he's crap. Embalming, the, he's embalming children. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Secretly. <laughs> but, uh. It just—it's it's just so depressing, you know. When you think of like, you know, the American schools, mm-hmm. especially elementary schools, high schools, it, and I pass them every single day. It's just—it feels and looks very, very, very depressing. And to be honest, sometimes I kind of can feel how some of these kids feel. It's like, why are you sending me to a place where I'm literally a speck out of hundreds of students? I mean, that's how it would feel. I think, I think my high school was thousands of kids, man. I don't know, 3,000, 5,000 students. What the fuck was this? The Mexican border? <laughs> <laughs> thousands of kids? Oh, yeah, what, man. What, yeah. Are they, what are they doing? Are they getting everybody out of Baja, California on trucks? Just putting them in the schools? <laughs> I don't know what they do out in L.A., man. <laughs> As you said, everyone needs a free education. So, uh, you know, bring them over. They just load them up on the trucks, bring them here. Like, all right, now you're in school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, free nutrition, free lunch meals. Everything's free. I free, don't... free, 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 free. Yeah, sure. TurboTax. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we're only going to take $8,000 from your hard-earned income, and um, we're going to do some illegal shit. Like build crap in uh, China and Russia, but don't worry. We're going to put your name on one of the rockets. You know? Right, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> you shouldn't worry. No. Because technically, you don't have a say in it anyways. No, no, no. Don't worry. Like, we're, we're the ones that are killing them for you. Okay? You just have to give us our taxes, and you're good. <laughs> this is why another reason why I don't think, like, education system will change that much 
Um, simply because of that reason, there's so much, so much tax revenue that's poured in into these programs that support so many jobs and teachers pensions. And like, I don't, I don't know. Well, um, it would be a, it would be a complete fucking meltdown and collapse if, um, if those things ever went under and they couldn't really pay them out anymore. So they just need, they need to keep these jobs for that reason. These are the problems of keeping such a long legacy system. Is that like, Oh no, we're, we're in too deep guys. If we try to change this in any way, it can fail. All right, Congressman. So shut up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, the only way that we will have a shift, unfortunately, is another recession. Because oh. you know, b- before before World War before World War Two, our education system was very very different than it was today. I mean, back then it was like you know, some kids had education, some would drop out of school, some of them would have something, some you know, there was like a standard some of going how- to the Marines. Yeah, you know, fucking die in, you know, France somewhere and, you know, we'll put up a flag and say, God bless you. All right, here's your $13,000 every three years. We love you. Now get the hell out of here. <laughs> God damn, that's horrible. $13,000 every three years. That's how it was for years. You don't take care of these people good enough. No, why should they? But, um... <laughs> I uh I guess that's I guess that is what education in the USA is. I guess it's a legacy system that um will it change? It's a very hard question to answer. Cuz yeah, so it's not an easy one, man. It's not and we really we don't know and and reality is, is that um we do need that that shift. But um anyway, you talking about recession, we're already in recession. I mean, yeah. We're already in it. It's like no one wants to use the word. Everyone's kind of like tiptoeing around the the elephant in the room. Like, no, we're it's it's already begun. The markets are already beginning to shift too. If people I mean, follow markets, you can see it. Bitcoin just broke its two two three year parallel channel. I mean, what do you think is going to happen next, man? I mean, my job, uh, the company I work for, which is a medical company, they're already planning. You know, they're already started working on um, employee programs that we get $1 raises after certain periods. That's the minimum. Uh, oh, we that's the minimum. Okay. That's the minimum. We're having incentives now for gas prices where they give us $75 a month towards our fuel. Wow. Um, Wait. Wait. How much does gas cost in Florida? Right now, it's 439 I pay about close to $400 a month. On gas, fuck, bro. I, I'll take four thirty nine all day long, man. It's almost seven here. I know. That's I, just I, so I, much. I I don't know how you're managing, but um, my butt hurts. <laughs> They're raping me so hard with no fucking, no lube. Not even, not even a little bit of spit. Spit <sighs> would have been appreciated. Some consideration from the fucking. I know, but there, but but there is um we we are seeing, I'm personally seeing it in my own place of work where there is this shift of. The world is changing, and we need to adapt. Yes, we do. And I, I, I will say this: if anyone is listening and wants to say, well, is there any future for the legacy system in the education department of any of this changing? There is possible just the way that corporations are shifting now if things get worse there is a chance we might see a shift like we saw with COVID-19 and online schooling again I don't know how much maybe just a little just a little but um, <laughs> it, yeah there might be slight changes slight over changes. time yeah. again like, th- like I said it's such a big system and so much money is uh, entangled with it. Uh, so many people are in those jobs across the nation. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's not going to be easy to, to topple or try to change. 
Uh, here we have these charter schools and the one next to my store um, has won awards again and again and again. Charter schools are managed differently, I think. Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but I, from what I understand, they're, they're, they are managed differently. We can talk about this more when we do um, – we talk about mental health because one of the, the strong suits of charter schools we've seen more and more is the abundance of education programs they have. They have classes designed for kids from all different spectrums of autism to different you know, dyslexia, and the way that they do their classes are very, very different than private. Just a little glimpse for anybody that's curious. <sighs> when you choose to be a part of a charter school, they do an evaluation. They do evaluation with the parents and the kids, and then they do evaluation with just the kids and the teachers. And then based on that evaluation, they know where to put the kid, where exactly to put them to start. And then they watch their progress throughout the school year. So this is why people have – if you're curious, if people have looked recently, there has been a push towards charter schools. The only negative is charter schools are very expensive. How much is very expensive? Uh, some charter schools, for example, can be $25,000 a year. In you're California. shitting me. Yeah. Some uh, California, there are upwards of thirty-five to forty-five to sixty-five thousand dollars a year for a charter school. For charter schools, that's a, that's a year. That's a year. That's just throwing away money. I mean, sure, your kid could do better, but I mean, uh, yeah, you know, that's I, I can see why some schools would have changed. So this one wasn't a charter school before; they intentionally changed into a charter because I guess the community of that town that i'm in um may have uh may have petitioned to do so because they just just wanted their kids in a school that they could be proud of and can can feel like is making a difference in their lives it's just insane the amount they would that it could cost like is this what it's is this what it amounts to look i didn't go to college i went to basic fucking public school and I did all right. Why? Because um, because I've always been a creative person that can think critically, and I, and I think for myself. Um, you know, could I have done better if I went to a charter school or a private school? Like, I don't maybe. know. Uh, maybe. But we both yeah. are. But we know. both. But we both are examples of. You went to basic schools. And you created a career for yourself, yourself. You created your own business. You advanced your education. You know, really delve into what you wanted to do. And you know, I grew up in a cult. I went to those type of private schools, and here I am now. I mean, yeah, I work in a call center. Yes, I do podcasting. You know, yes, I, I you know, I have my own living criteria and I'm trying to be making something of my life but you know if I had a better education would I have been better off maybe but I don't think that's I don't really think that's what I needed in my life to make mm -hmm. me a better person because yeah. I I thrive off of experiences you know I, I like to just look at people and just hear what they have to say, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's my education. Maybe my education is just from other people. Maybe right. Well, but that's how it's always worked. It could be from other people or it could be from a teacher who's reading out of a textbook. Right. It's education comes in many, many different forms. Many ways. I think this is, yeah, I think this is probably a, where we can cut it, but um, I think it's very, very important to distinguish the, the two that your education doesn't necessarily uh, determine your ability to succeed. Um, it may not even necessarily determine how well you can learn. You know, everybody has their own learning mechanisms uh, for themselves. Like, just like the saying goes, the more you learn, the more you earn. And it's true, but applied in the right ways 
if it's applied in the wrong ways, then may not be as successful. So uh, what kids are learning as they go through school and everything is just like what you said in the beginning. It's just really kind of droning their way down the assembly belt towards the next disposable job that's going to come around. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be assimilated. Pretty much. You know, Seven of nine. (laughs) Seven of nine. (laughs) Seven of mine. (laughs) I spy a little tech on a... No, 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 I'm not going to do this. But um, (laughs) I I will leave off and say this. You know, we're going to have about four episodes on on this, but I don't want people to get the idea of if you didn't have a good education growing up, that that means you're automatically... A failure. That's not true. We're we're both great examples of this. Where doesn't really doesn't really matter that we didn't have a, the best education. Yeah, we could have had a better education, but it's what you make of yourself. So, uh, what can I say? Uh, we're gonna have God knows four more episodes of us talking through our asses, possibly having people on. And uh, more importantly, we might see you next week. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. All right. We love you. Go to sleep. We'll see you sometime in the future. I don't know. Welcome to the Groove Room. This is Lost in the Groove. Where we have really awesome and meaningful conversations week after week. Things that matter to you. We have reached the end. Well, not really. It's just the end of the podcast. We really appreciate your support, listening, and our guests that come on that share their incredible stories. Be sure to check out our description box. We have social links where you can find us all over the place. And also our other podcast, Jam Bam with Mike and Dave. So here's to next week on Lost in the Groove.